Welcome like, everyone. Back in my chair. I did that. You fell in your chair? I fell. I almost fell back in my chair when I clapped. Clapping is dangerous. Don't do that at home, everyone. You know, though, if you were a seal, you'd be an expert at it. Or, 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 or. Get it? Because they clap like that. <laughs> I was that. like, where is he going with they this? They clap ah. their fins together and they balance things on their noses or those sea lions. <laughs> it doesn't matter. They're exactly the same. Welcome to Respawn Aim Fire Side Quest, which is our special fancy way of saying this is not a main episode. This is our barf episode for Metal Gear Solid. I am Chad Michael Ennis. That's Holden DePardo. Hello. And we're here to talk about our experiences with a backlog game and our backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends segment. Short name is Barf. Uh, so once a month, we play a game that we should have played in the past or wanted to have played or maybe we've forgotten about or is a classic that neither of us played. Uh, and we do that along with you, the community. If you want to have influence on what we say, patreon.com slash respawn aim fire. Sorry, what we play, not what we say. We are not a mouthpiece for your thoughts. Actually, we are. Right? <laughs> Tell us what you thought about the game, and we will read those <laughs> thoughts and discuss them. <laughs> Don't listen to anything I just said. It was a lie. We do. <laughs> Please control what comes out of my mouth with money. A uh, dollar a month gets you all that, plus more. Welcome to Respawn Aimfire's Metal Gear Solid. Holden, let's chat about this game. First, by talking about have you played this game before? I have not played this game before, but as I was telling you before we started recording, I did actually play a little bit of Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater on Vita, because mm-hmm. the HD collection, and I started playing the opening level of Sons of Liberty and didn't make it very far. Did you play them in that order? Yes. Interesting choice. Cool. I know, because chronologically, it does work better that way, doesn't it? Chronologically, 3 comes before 2. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah. Interesting choice. Had you ever played um, Twin Snakes on GameCube? No, I did not play Twin Snakes on GameCube. Oh, okay. I also played a little bit of Peace Walker. Great, great, on great, the great, great. On the Puss Book. Uh, I have played this game before. And in playing it again this time, I realized that I think I've played it two or three times before. <laughs> or what's more likely, uh, my best friend in high school, Tim, his favorite game of all time, his favorite game series is Metal Gear Solid. So I probably watched him play Metal Gear. I think Twin Snakes came out right around when we were becoming friends as well. So, um, so yes, I have experience with this game. But then I, we were texting back and forth uh, a little bit while we were playing it. And there were even parts that I forgot about that as I was playing. I was like, oh, that's right. You have to do this this way. Anyway, I want to start with a little bit of background about the game, as I like to do. Uh, I'm going to talk about the reception of it and then a couple of fun facts about the development of it. And then we'll get into our thoughts on the game itself. I've got a lot of stuff on this one because there's a lot of information out there. Metal Gear Solid, released in September 1998 in Japan and just a month later in October in the U.S. And then a year later, oh, sorry, not a year later, the next year, three months later in, the, in Europe. Uh, it was well received, shipping more than 6 million copies along with 12 million demos and scoring an average of 94 out of 100 on Metacritic. Surprises me that it's only 6 million copies. It is regarded as one of the greatest, most important video games of all time and helped popularize the stealth genre and in-game cinematic cutscenes. Uh, a couple of things from reviews. The review by IGN said Metal Gear Solid came closer, quote, closer to perfection than any other game in PlayStation's action genre and called it beautiful, engrossing, and innovative in every conceivable category. They also called <laughs> it the founder. <laughs> I'm sure at the time it was. They I know, at the time it totally it, was, yeah. <laughs> uh, the founder of the stealth genre. Um, most of every other review that I could ever find and that the Wikipedia article linked me to 
had very, very similar things to say about it. GameSpot, however, was the only one I could find that had other things. It said GameSpot was critical of how easy it is for the player to avoid being seen, as well as the game's short length, calling it, quote, more of a work of art than an actual game. Metal Gear Solid received an excellence award for interactive art at the 1998 Japan Media Arts Festival, but get this. At the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences, it was nominated for Outstanding Achievement in Character or Story Development, but it lost that award in 1998. Can you guess the game that it lost the Outstanding Achievement in Character or Story Development to? Banjo-Kazooie. Almost equally as stupid, Pokemon Red and Blue. (laughs) Really? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Metal Gear Solid lost to Pokemon Red and Blue for outstanding achievement in character or story development. I mean, I could say, like, character art because of all the different Pokemon, but, like, development? What character development? Nope. Nothing. Uh, another award, Interesting. the Guinness World Records awarded Metal Gear Solid with a record for the most innovative innovative use of a video game controller for the boss fight with Psychomantis, and it was in the 2008 Gamers Edition of the Guinness World Records, and its success prompted an expanded version for PlayStation and PC called Metal Gear Solid Integral, which I had no idea existed, but we'll talk about in a second, and then the GameCube remake, Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes. Interestingly enough, this game is not really easy to play today. If you don't have a PlayStation Classic or a Vita with a PS3 that you can sideload it onto or a PSP, it's kind of like really difficult to find it. Or like a 360 that came with it. Um, the development. This is cool. It was originally started in 1994. The development, Hideo Kojima started thinking about making this game, which was the third sequel in the franchise. Or sorry, the third game in the franchise. Uh, as a game for the 3DO interactive multiplayer console. But then the 3DO was discontinued in 1995, so it shifted development to the PlayStation instead. Um, This was titled Metal Gear Solid rather than Metal Gear 3 because of the fact that the Master System versions of the previous ones were not widely released. Notably, Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake was only released in Japan and was not ported to any other platform at the time. So this would be the third game in the franchise that most of the world hadn't even played the first two of, which is why they just said Metal Gear Solid. Uh, the characters and mecha designs were made by artist Yoji Shinkawa based on Kojima's concepts. And according to Shinkawa, Solid Snake's physique in this particular installment was based on Jean-Claude Van Damme, while his, <laughs> faci- <laughs> while his facial amazing. appearance was based on Christopher Walken. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> I- How are these Barbie doll action figures whose faces are basically just blobs based on Christopher Walken and Jean-Claude Van Damme. But if you actually look in the booklet that came in the CD, there's all the artwork and I, I totally understand it. Speaking that's of... The, yeah, but the character models themselves, like that's not mimicking anyone. <laughs> it's barely even a person <laughs> in the first place. <laughs> yeah, they are, they are straight up action figures. I'll be more positive about the game in a second. I'm being harsh. <laughs> Out of curiosity, this will come up a little bit later. Did you look at the uh the game booklet at all no not even when it was prompted you to in the game did it we'll talk about that later released on june 25th 1999 for the playstation in japan metal gear solid integral this was the like expanded version i had never heard of this before today uh there's an expanded version that came with features uh in Japan, it added things from American and European versions, like the voiceover languages and different dialogue. But it also added an alternate 
uh, sneaking suit outfit for Meryl for when Snake is dressed up in the tuxedo. Apparently, if you played the same, if you played the game three times on the same save file, Snake wears a tuxedo instead. Well, that's cool. But then this is what I thought was most interesting. It added a very easy difficulty setting where the player starts the mission armed with a suppressor-equipped MP5 submachine gun with infinite ammo, an eighth <laughs> codec frequency uh, featuring commentary from the development team in every area and boss encounter, hidden music tracks, and an alternate game mode where the player controls Snake from a first-person perspective. And then the torture event was also made easier, reducing the number of rounds of three per session instead of five. I thought that was interesting and noteworthy because that was often for Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes, what people mentioned broke the game, is that it was way too easy when you can just switch to first-person view and shoot people. Uh, And then, turns out, that was actually a very easy difficulty setting, was that first-person view. So that's they they remade this six years later for Twin Snakes. That also, that would make one part of it, too, I can think of a lot easier in... It's early in the game. We'll get to it when we talk about the game. Yeah. So that's it. That's all the background I have on it. I know that was a lot to go through, but I thought it was cool to have some like perspective, how the industry viewed it, and some cool development stuff. Uh, what was your overall kind of experience with this game? Yay, nay, overall, why? Yay. Overall, I was surprised by how cinematic the game still feels, despite looking like a PS1 game. Oh, yeah. That was the thing that really surprised me. Uh, and I think a lot of that is because when you kind of get to those cutscene moments... It feels more like the scene of a movie, as much as they could replicate in the on the PS One. But I I kind of got that sense of like, oh, this is why people see him as this visionary. I get it now, because before I just kind of played uh, Snake Eater, and I'm like, okay, it's a stealth game. I get it. It's a stealth game with overly complicated controls. <laughs> and this I felt controlled a lot simpler, so I was kind of enjoying the immediate gameplay a lot more. But I definitely agree with what GameSpot said, is that it's too easy when it comes to avoiding enemies. It felt it felt less like a stealth game sometimes and more like I was trying to get from point A to point B, but were there some areas I couldn't go to because there's someone standing there. But eventually they'd be gone. It, it didn't feel like a stealth game. It just felt like a, like a restricted section I just couldn't walk into. Or I could if I wanted to suffer the consequences. Yeah. I feel like but overall, I really liked it a lot. I obviously enjoyed it. I played it one, maybe three times. Uh, I can't remember because <laughs> <laughs> that's my brain. Um, yeah, I'm with you that I'm surprised how well it, it held up cinematically. And like, I thought going in, it was like, this is going to be trash. It's not going to hold up at all. I do still think it's ripe for a remake with updated mm-hmm. graphics and the Fox engine. But um, I'm surprised that I had a blast playing it and that didn't seem to bother me at all. When you say remake, are you talking more like Resident Evil 1 HD or Resident Evil 2? It would have to be more like Resident Evil 2, I think, nowadays, where it's remade and they have to rethink the game with with these updates. Because you can't just twin snakes it and make it first person and break it. Yeah. Because that does exist. It's just up-res textures. Well, new textures Mm -hmm. that are better looking. Yeah. Um, And... What I, I do agree that, yeah, I think it is a little too easy. This obviously is the beginning of, of Hideo Kojima's criticism of being like playing a movie rather than playing a game. And a lot of people mm-hmm. are like, oh, I prefer to play my games instead of just fucking watch them like a movie. I thought it was fascinating <laughs> anyway. I, I really enjoyed the story. I followed the story a lot more than I think I ever have in a Metal Gear game, probably because it's the fourth time I've been exposed to it. But 
I uh, I really enjoyed it. Fuck, there's one more thing I'm going to say, but I can remember it sometime later. Yeah, in terms of the story, it's not that I didn't like the story. It's just that it was so weird <laughs> that it was, mm. for the first time, it's like, okay, cool, I can get into this. Like, you're a spy. You're going in, and you're going to try to find these nukes that can, like, walk around and shit. That sounds scary. Like, let's get in and stop those things from, from going off. Oh, okay, there's this thing called fox die inside of me that's causing people to have heart attacks. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, there's clones, and one of them is the president. Okay. Like, just weird things that... Anyway, it was a strange plot. It was a very strange plot. It started off from, like, totally, like, this is a, like, a little bit of a science fiction-y scenario of, like, these kind of big mechanical nuclear walking bombs, essentially. <laughs> it just gets really strange. And I heard that the future games are even stranger and the stories are even more complicated. Yep. So it's not going to get more straightforward from here. Yep. And a lot of it is predicated based on you knowing things from other games, which is one of the reasons why I asked you, mm-hmm. did you read the booklet? Because for the first time, I actually read through the whole booklet. And I waited until like three quarters of the way through the game to do it. But I was like, oh my god, they actually have like a summary of Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2 in here. So you understand Liquid's relationship to Big Boss and why Gray Fox was such an important person in Solid Snake's life and things like that. I was like, oh, I didn't realize this was right here. And there are a lot, there are, everything is in that book. Descriptions of all the characters, <laughs> descriptions of all the weapons and how to use them. I feel like it's kind of spoilers in there as well. For some of the, the items and <laughs> things that you come across in that game. But that's, you know, back in the day when it was standard. You get a game and you read through the book first. Kind of like Super mm. Metroid we talked about a year and a half I was just thinking ago. about that, yeah. We're like, Shoot the door 700 times. Exactly. <laughs> yep. You wouldn't know this uh, had you not read the, mm-hmm. the book. Um, there was one time in the game. In fact, I, I assume you never even got the Meryl's Codec. Did you ever get to speak to Meryl on the Codec? Yeah, of course. Okay, there's a, a spot in the game where you're supposed to, or maybe it's Nastasha. There's one of them. There's one person where their codec frequency is on the back of the CD case. So oh, I looked f- it up. I'm like, how the fuck okay. do you the CD? Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, that was like, a, at the time, it was like one of those mind-blowing things as there are several in this game. It was like, oh my god, it's actually on the packaging of the game. I gotta go look that up and put that into the game there to talk to somebody. <laughs> Is that what it was? I was really struggling with that. I'm like, okay, I have it equipped. Hit circle. Okay, that didn't do anything. Hit cross. That didn't do anything. Hit triangle. That didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what's yep. going on? Yep. Um, let's talk about the the gameplay a little bit. Part of what I love about this game is that it was easy, but rather than being a, like, straight... Nothing about this game, to me, felt straightforward. It's not go into a room, figure out how to get to the other end by killing everybody or not killing everybody. There was always some kind of interesting, fascinating trick or cool mechanic that you had to figure out that I had never really... You don't really see in video games a lot. a place you had to explore to find something before you go to the next area. Because if you go to the next area without that thing, you are fucked. If you go to the the minefield without the thermal goggles... Yep. I never. I didn't even get the thermal goggles. You never got the thermal goggles. No. Oh man, those were essential. I had the for mind me. detector. I okay. had the mind detector, but I never had the thermal goggles. So I was actually at a certain point. I looked at a guy, and they're like, "Pull your thermal goggles." I'm like, "Well, those are really fucking far now." So, <laughs> yeah, those like, are super far away now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If 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 you didn't have those thermal goggles, so much of this game, like seeing the lasers and things like that, as you're going through, did you? Have, how so did I, you get through the lasers? I used the cigarettes. The cigarettes. The cigarettes. Smoke. Yeah. Yeah. Which, here's a weird thing, is that that's where I think maybe I played this before, because I don't remember anything in the game telling me I could use the cigarettes, but I got there, I'm like, right, 
cigarettes. That's what they're used for. It's I don't one know of those, how. It's one of those like gaming knowledge things that like is passed down from generation to generation. <laughs> yeah. It's like everyone knows, oh, that's a moment in Metal Gear Solid. Like, oh, yeah. the guy smokes cigarettes. You can use them for lasers. Yeah, That was my father's passing words for remember <laughs> to use cigarettes to see lasers in Metal Gear Solid on PS1. My dad's still alive, to be clear. <laughs> He's not. <laughs> but does he have cigarettes? But when I went out to college, those are the words he told me. Son, before you leave the car... My dad uh, waited till I went to college to have the condom talk. Yep, <laughs> yep. In the in a moving truck. No, it wasn't a moving truck. It was a van. So anyway, yep. That's. Oh no, it was a moving had, truck I on had, the way had, to move my brother to St. Louis. I had that talk Christmas Day in my stocking. Fourteen years in old. In your four, stocking. Wait, you got condoms four, in your stocking? Yeah, I had. I got <laughs> four twelve packs of condoms. Whoa! Man. Really uncomfortable. Really awkward. <laughs> Oh man, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, wh- what were some of your some of the the game mechanics, like the the interesting twists of things you had to do, or like non traditional gameplay elements that you had to figure out to get out of a room or do a boss battle? Did you have any that stood out to you? Um, I mean, obviously the psychomantis switching your controller input mm-hmm. was pretty. That's, like, I think, kind of the obvious go-to. But I think the thing that stands out to me is more just that when I get to a boss, there's this element of how on earth. How on earth do I even get yeah. past this? Like the tank is early on, like the tank especially. I'm like I I've been avoiding these individual guys because they'll fucking kill me immediately. And now you want me to take on a tank? That's ridiculous. And it's just kind of oh, okay. I have these grenades. I can throw the grenades. It's going to be fine. And just kind of piecing together. Like the bosses were the most interesting part of the entire game to me. Whereas because it was easy to avoid enemies, the bosses is the main challenge point. Yeah. And they're also all characters in the world that are interesting. Nothing, none of the bosses really felt throwaway. Like the ninja character was introduced in a cool way before we get to him. I liked that boss fight a lot. It's also cool because all the bosses take place within this island as well. And I thought the island actually was more fun to explore than I thought it was going to. Yeah. Um, but in terms of individual mechanics, I, I missed out on the thermal goggles, so that might have been a fun mechanic. With but the, I with the liked... mind detector, did you did you figure out how to pick up the claymores as well, or did you just avoid them? No, I figured how to pick them up. You okay. just crawl yeah. on top of them. Yeah, I think it told you that. I've never actually used the mind detector in the game because I've always gotten the thermal goggles. What does the mind detector do? Just does it tell you exactly? It's where really they easy. Are? It, yeah, it, it puts them right on the map, and you can even see the scope of like where they're pointing. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's really easy to avoid them actually. Excuse me. Um, uh, I also just loved the the final sequence where you're on the cars uh, on the uh, on the jeep. Oh God! Escaping. I was so frustrated. That was really with that. cool. You I were frustrated with that. It's because I was. I did it like six or seven times and failed every time from dying <laughs> because I didn't realize you could go into first person view. And when I get into mm. first person view, I was like, "Oh my God, this is so much easier." So I was just trying to like spin with the directional pad. Yeah. The war- the part that got me really frustrated was the lasers in the beginning. Not because I couldn't see them, but because I'm using the directional pad. So I'd be like, move forward. Not that far. Fuck. All right. Let me do this again. <laughs> oh, man. The lasers that got me, the one where you have to go to the basement and get the sniper rifle. Mm-hmm. Because the you have to crawl like at a diagonal in order to avoid the lasers. And I hit that thing like seven or eight times. Every single <laughs> trips the alarm, and in this game, mm-hmm. there's not a finite number of enemies in the room, and you can just kill them in most places. 
there are some times when it's true. But like in that situation, no matter how many dudes I killed, more just kept coming and running into that room. I found that to be inconsistent. Some areas, I feel like, like I would get caught up. Sorry, all right, there was a what was the area? I can't remember the room. But I would keep getting uh, to try to go in this one particular room because you had to go in there, and I kept getting seen. And so I'd kill the guy who saw me, and then three guys would come up and start shooting at me. But then other times, only one would come up. And one would come up, I'd kill him, and then just wait. Like, okay, one of the other two guys is going to show up. And they wouldn't show up. So yeah. I don't really know, like, what was going on there? I have no idea. I don't know. It was inconsistent for me, too. Something else that I remember being a part of this game, but maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't until Metal Gear Solid 2 that it was introduced. Did you have a non-lethal way to shoot enemies like was there a tranquilizer gun to, that you found because i didn't ever find it my whole playthrough not that i found there was supposed to be a way to strangle people and i found that didn't actually work that well i had never that is the biggest complaint is for me in these games is that cqc close quarters combat is yeah. so terrible from a gameplay me- mechanic like it's mm-hmm. just mashing a button and you have to get close enough to you have to so in order for this to work actually cqc is technically the o button the square button is the like grab them to strangle them and if you hold them long enough yeah. then they can break out but if you tap the button a bunch they're like oh, uh, 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 and then you snap their neck and they're dead but you have to press it a bunch that's something that's in the guide in the booklet but then they would escape before you could even do that sometimes no as soon as you grab them you continue to hit the button and just break their neck on demand then why was maybe i was doing it wrong this is probably this is definitely user error then because i feel like i would go in to do that and then i would end up just flipping them over instead if you're pushing a direction while you hit the square button, it throws them. Okay. It's ter- terrible controls for that. I've always had trouble with it, no matter what, every single time I play this game. And the subsequent games that I say as well. I, I just think remember Peace Walker. They have that opening tutorial on the beach. You're learning close quarters combat. And yep. I kept repeating the tutorial over and over again. Because like, I don't understand this. Yep. It's, I've never, got, I've never yeah. felt comfortable and confident with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of my favorite, one of my favorite moments where you're, like those gameplay mechanics that are like kind of noteworthy or really cool that I hadn't seen done before is when you have to escape the jail cell and there's the guard walking around and he's and then you have the option, like you can hide under the bed. If you talk to the people in the codec, you can hide under the bed, but then you can also, yeah. there's the way to use the ketchup. I didn't do it this time, but I remember from before Huey, not Huey. Um, that's his dad. Huey Lewis. No, um, Otacon, whatever Otacon's real name is. His dad is Huey in the other games. But Otacon, Hal, Hal Emmerich, he gives you the ketchup and something like that. And you can actually use the ketchup to make it look like blood. And then the guard comes running in. Oh, my God. Because he thinks there's blood everywhere. <laughs> it's like, so there are like little ways you can do that in order to progress. That I was like, oh, that's a really cool mechanic. I didn't notice that at all. I didn't catch that. I just hit under the bed. Yeah, that's what I ended and up doing. I got the ration thing. that was there. That was very handy. I needed the ration. Here's a question for you. At the end of the game, did you escape with Meryl or did you escape with Otacon? I escaped with Meryl. Good. So you didn't give up during the, the torture? No. Did, I don't, you, I don't... did you successfully make it through every single torture thing, like press, mashing the button, or did it ever go all the way down for you? Oh, I used the respawn points. <laughs> oh, you did? <laughs> I've never... So I've never given up, but then I've also... Like, I've gotten close to failing those, but I've never actually failed it. He says there's no continues. Was there actually a continue? If you failed oh, it? Oh, as soon as I missed the prompt, I just reset. Oh, you just hit reset and went back. Oh, because you were playing the PlayStation the thing is, Classic. 
I was going to play Sister Classic, but here's the cool thing, too. This made the Psycho Mantis fight not that hard. I'm playing at my desk on my monitor, so my PlayStation's literally, like, an inch from my hand. So it would be like, oh, must it reset. <laughs> but also to the Psycho Mantis, like, I was thinking about the Psycho Mantis fight where I'm like, oh, I switched my input on my controller. I think that would have been more engaging if you're playing as a kid and you're at the TV and you have to walk up to the TV to, like, unplug it. Like, I can see, yeah. like, running up to the TV, like, oh, my God, I gotta do this. Whereas here, I'm just like, well, I'm right here. Just switch it over right now. Yeah. Boom, done. Let's, I let's try this. Could you leave battles. both controllers plugged in and then just use the second controller? You could switch? use just the second controller, yeah. I should have done that. That would have been even easier. Let's talk about the boss battles because I think that's – you mentioned this earlier. The bosses are the most interesting part of this. It, yeah. um, Psycho Manus obviously is the most popular, most famous one because of, of course, the yeah. – uh, I thought like he was the final Spider-Man. boss. Psycho Mantis? Wasn't – yeah. Uh, no. I, like, going into the game, I thought he was the final boss. Oh, like that fight was going to be the final fight, or that? Yeah. Oh, gotcha. No, not when I was playing. Because when I was playing, I'm like, oh, this is happening earlier than I was expecting it to. Did you know but, uh, the controller trick going into it? I did. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's been spoiled for a lot of people. There are a couple of things it's, that it's like Bruce Willis is dead in the sixth sense. Everyone yeah. knows about it. Uh, there are a couple of cool My things. My father told about me it. when dropping me off at college. <laughs> <laughs> you you didn't get a chance, I'm sure, to see this. But part of the the cool thing that it, he reads your mind, and part of that is yeah. by looking on your memory card and seeing what games you played. He's like, I see that you've put blah 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 hours in the so and so, but you don't know that he's reading your memory mm-hmm. card. You're like, how did you know I have that game? So I thought that was a really cool, unique thing. <laughs> and then when he's like, I'm reading your mind, and you're just like, how the fuck do I stop him from reading my mind? And they're just keep telling you in the codec. Well, you need to stop him from reading your mind. How can you think about it? And then eventually, if you die a lot and you keep asking them a lot, they're like, I know. Switch your controller to the other controller port. Like, oh, okay. I got <laughs> well, I no actually, one would ever think to do that. I got stuck there because um, I was playing on my Vita and I was in China and I was on a plane. I was like, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I think because you can't just like switch your Vita's controller because it is the controller. Yeah, and then I was like, what did he do? How do I do this? And I was hitting the PlayStation button, and I didn't see like an options anywhere. And then I hit the uh, the only thing were like find stuff about this game on the internet or read the booklet. And I was like, all right, I read the. That's when I read the booklet from start to finish. I was like, is there anything? I was like, nothing. I was like, I could have swore there was a way to switch controllers and all this and like switch discs. Is there like a menu for PlayStation games and Vita where you can choose the controller? If you press and hold the PS button for a few seconds, that menu comes up. But I didn't know that. So I, I. Just thought, all right, that's as far as I can get in this game right now, and I'm not coming back until Halloween, so I'm not going to finish this game. And then I got to China, Googled it, and I was like, oh, I can press and hold the button. And that's also how you switch discs, too, which happens a little bit more than halfway through the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, you brought up, what about Sniper Wolf, those two battles with Sniper Wolf? How did those go for you? Those are actually easier bosses for me. I had a harder time against Ninja and Raven. <laughs> Ninja, okay. So, so first of all, Ninja was the one where we were texting, and I was like, "Yeah, I totally forgot you had to do this with close quarters combat instead of mm-hmm. shooting it." Because I went through all my bullets, I threw all my chaff yep. grenades to stun him, and then I would shoot him, and then I, I'm out of ammo, and he's only down like an eighth of his health bar. I'm like, "Fuck, mm-hmm. what do I do?" He also does a lot of damage when he hits you. He does, yeah. yeah. And then it was like, he's like, "Traditional weapons can't hurt me." And I was like, "Fucking explosives!" Then I'm gonna throw grenades at you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to plant C4. I'm going to lay a claymore on the ground. Um, so, yeah, that was a cool one. But you got stuck on that one for a while, right? I was stuck on that one for a little while, yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't 
piece it together. I was trying different grenades, and I'm like, well, the grenade was too far away. Maybe I have to get better at throwing them. And this is trying to teach me how to like, throw <laughs> grenades properly. And yeah, that was messy. If man, if I had. If I had the is it the Nikita missiles, if yeah. I had the Nikita missiles at that point, I would have just been like in a corner, like shooting missiles out and having it run all over the place. And then he was invisible at one point, and yep, yeah, that was a, that was a tougher one. Speaking of Nikita missiles, how did you handle that second boss battle with Raven? Oh, I used the Nikita missiles to go around the corners, hundred percent of the time. Not hundred percent of the time because I ran out of them eventually. Gotcha. How did you end up finishing it? With grenades or shooting them or shooting them? Yeah, I um. I thought that was an interesting thing. Like they set you up to use the Nikita missiles because they you like right before you go yeah. in the door. There's like five boxes there's a of missiles. Of them. And, yeah, and it works. But then like if you get if he spots the missile, then he can shoot it. And you're like, well, fuck, that's hard. And then I started to run low on missiles. And I'm like, you know what? He's running all over this place. I'm just gonna run around and plant claymores all over the ground. Took him oh, out in like idea. 15 seconds. He'd hit one, run to the next one, hit it, <laughs> and it was over so quick. After I decided to just plant those on the ground, it was great. The Ocelot one, I learned something. Is Ocelot? That's his name? Yeah, Ocelot. Revolver Ocelot, yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a similar thing where I'm like, I could have done this differently the whole time. I was just chasing him and just shooting square to shoot directly straight forward. I didn't yeah. realize you could, I guess, hold down square, and then you can aim that way. Oh, man, yeah, I wish I'd shoot that. when you let go. Ocelot. Yeah. What else? Oh, there's the the close quarters combat with Liquid at the end as well. Oh, how about the Metal Gear fight? How did that go for you? Well, Metal Gear fight's just awesome because you finally get to see Metal Gear for starters. Yeah. But I, all right, so at that point, I'll be honest. I looked up how to beat the bosses. Oh, you <laughs> did. Because I'm like, I got to beat this game. <laughs> well, so it was before Outer Worlds. Um, I got Outer Worlds and Luigi's Mansion. I'm like, I know I'm going to play both those games before Sunday. So let me just like hash out Metal Gear. And so by the time I got to like the Raven fight, I had looked up the boss battles and I'm like, to kind of get because those are the things that are holding me up the most. Yeah. So by the time I got to like Raven and Metal Gear, I had already they're like first attempts basically. Gotcha. So I didn't really have a hard time with those bosses. I had a hard time with Metal Gear avoiding the rockets. And I mm-hmm. died a lot with the rockets until I noticed that like, all right, when he jumps back, he's gonna about to shoot rockets and I run at him to avoid him. Because there's no mm-hmm. other way really to avoid the rockets because they find you. So once I figured that out, I killed him pretty quick. Uh, but the only other boss that really gave me a ton of trouble was the hind d the helicopter fight mm-hmm. that one whoo going into it first of all having to use rockets <laughs> all the time but then it was just like it was a for me unless i was doing it wrong i don't know if there was another way to do it it was just a slow chip away at its health wait for it to go around shoot its rockets and then chip <laughs> away at its health a little bit so that one took forever i'm sure that's there was how a all the boss battles are you're just chipping away <laughs> at their health slowly that's how it works they have the longest health bar on the planet <laughs> And your health bar is a fraction. <laughs> yep. So yeah, that was a fun game. I liked it a lot. Did you find... That, I did too. Did you find that it made you interested in other Metal Gear Solid games? Like you want to go back and play anymore? That, that's what I was going to get to. So I thought that was the case initially as I'm playing it. I'm like, man, like I'm liking this control scheme better. But I'm like, I didn't like the control scheme that much in, in Metal Gear Solid 3 and 2. So I don't know if I'm compelled to go play those games. I liked kind of how this was a simpler version of those games. Yeah. It wasn't as... Like, the controls are much, much easier to figure out than they are in uh, 3, especially, I would say. Yeah, 2 just kind of builds with a couple of extra things on 1, like the ability to have the suppressor, hold people up at gunpoint, 
hide them mm-hmm. in places. Like people can discover their bodies and track you down that way. Um, but yeah, three definitely gets a lot more complex with the stealth and all the different types of camo outfits. And then, yeah, it, it's definitely more complex. Uh, it makes me definitely, I'm going to load them on my Vita and I'm going to carry it around with me and we'll see if I ever get around to it. But I, I, I absolutely see all of this. I want it to make me go back and play Metal Gear Solid five and just continue chipping away at that. Cause I beat that game, but I just want to go back and continue beating missions and unlocking cool shit and cool power moves. And, but I want it to also be a big journey that makes me go through all of them. And I platinum Metal Gear Solid 3, but I didn't platinum Metal Gear Solid 2. We have to replay platinum Metal Gear Solid like two, like three times in order to platinum it. You have to play it on every difficulty and get all the dog tags. And you can't just play the highest difficulty and it retroactively gives you the worst. No, because you get different dog tags. There's like two guys in the room that give you dog tags on the easy difficulty, and then you go to normal, and there's four guys in the room, but all four of those guys have different dog tags than the other two guys. So you got to collect all the dog tags. Got to catch them Damn. all. Damn. Um, great. That's it. If you had fun playing Metal Gear Solid, let us know all about it on Twitter. Holden, what's our game for next month, November? Uh, it is officially Undertale. Under Tamale. With three to one voting on Patreon as yep. of right now. And we had a tie, so and then we had to do a tiebreaker. We had a tie. Yeah. What was the other game? Minute. Minute. Right? Minute. Yeah. Uh, again, this month, In the it, is a, at least. it is a bit of barf, so it is a smaller experience because we have so much shit coming out this month, so this one will hopefully not be as much of a commitment. You can play Undertale on literally anything, even a bottle of Excedrin. If you peel off the label, it's on the underside. Um, I'm excited <laughs> for you to play this. I've played it before, but I kind of basically mainlined it for the Platinum Trophy, and now I'm, and there's like 100 hours of content in there that I missed because I only played like four hours of it, so... I'm excited to go back and play it differently or uh, do different items and things in the game, too. If you want to vote on whatever December will be, patreon.com slash fire also lets you play along with us. We're playing Destiny 2 this month and raiding on Thursday, November 7th. If you want to be part of a raid party, do that. And then you get a cool-ass Star Wars poster. Uh, uh, wallpaper for your devices. <laughs> you get a poster. Poster. Uh, you can post your wallpaper to twitter boom you get that as well thanks everyone we're gonna go and record our regular episode now we love you until next time play undertale